You're listening to Sync Beast. I'm Graham, your host and the sync shark in your corner. After I hit six figures as a sync producer, I made it my mission to turn sync into a game that I could play and win year after year. With a simple creative strategy, intense production techniques, and pro-level mindsets that got me there faster than I could have ever imagined. I want to sell the farm so that you can create a profitable sync catalog, produce for sync with confidence, and actually improve your lifestyle as a sync producer. I'm here to let you know that sync is just a game, and I'm going to show you how to play it. Coming up. What's going on, guys? So... A thing that surprises a lot of people is when they ask me about my output. Like, how many tracks am I actually putting out? And my answer is always, on average, one high-value track per month. And they're always surprised. They go, wow, one a month? But that's average. I might spend two months on two tracks spread over those two months. Now, Is that because I'm juggling a few things here and there? Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing custom stuff. I'm doing customization stuff. I'm doing sound design. Like, I'm all over the map. So sometimes that's just how long it needs to take to get these songs across the finish line in a high-value way. But it's also because I recognize the opportunity I stand to take advantage of by receiving feedback and revising and pushing the limits version after version over a period of... 60 days, at least for those two tracks. I've seen the results I got in the past from allowing that kind of time into my production workflow. And the data tells me that the faster I crank out songs, the less good they are. If I ask you, how many tracks do you actually finish in a month? What are you going to say? What's your number? Just, Just think about that. Because the average ambitious sync producer says, oh, I I do about four or five, or I got like 10 tracks in the hopper. And I always challenge them. Imagine all of the revisions and the versions and the overdubs and the, the details that go into those tracks collectively. Let's say we're dealing with five tracks. There's five revisions per track from start to finish. That's being pretty conservative. So that's five times five is 25 versions. (laughs) Okay. How many revisions spread out over those five tracks? How many revisions in terms of little edits and moving things around and adding things? How many revisions do you think there would be? And when I ask somebody that, they usually come back with something like, well, maybe 10 or 15, which is 10 or 15 times five. So now you got to add up all of those revisions across all of those versions. That's, that's a lot of time and effort. That's a lot of changes. That's a lot of focus being spread out. So add all of that up. And that's what I put into one track. And I think that's ultimately what blows their mind the most. How much better do you think that one track will be compared to your five tracks, right? Probably significantly better. So they hear that and they see, well, shit, no wonder I'm not getting any syncs because the time and effort I put into my catalog is purely for numbers. I'm being them, not me. It's not to grow my income. 
It's not to increase my average sync price. It's not to think of the brand and the client first and think about what they want, right? That's, that's what they're saying. That's what, it, that's what it reveals to them because they come at it from a place of believing that they can do sporty hip hop. So they say, okay, I'm going to do 10 sporty hip hop tracks. Let's do it. Let's go. And I'm like, you need to slow down. You need to slow down. You need to write one good sporty hip hop track. One. Make sure it has all the components. And then you need to do that 10 more times. This is why I always recommend you focus on one track at a time and make it super, super good. When I was really starting to rise as a sync producer, seeing my income progressively increase year after year, I noticed that the songs that contributed to my growth financially were the ones that I spent the most time on, which told my brain to keep doing that. Start doing less, start doing fewer tracks, and just keep doing that. And I know that's scary. It's a scary thought, right? Because it makes you think that you're doing less work. At least it did for me. And for a period of time there, doing less fooled me into thinking that I wasn't doing the right thing. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. But it's just a lie. It's a lie because the only thing that truly matters is the quality, the quality of your work. This is why I harp on it so much. When you actually look at sync for what it is, it is a quality over quantity game. Now, can you benefit from quantity? Yeah, you can. You write 10 bad tracks and you're bound to write a good one, right? One in 10. You write 100 bad tracks, you're bound to write five or 10 good ones at least. So quantity does pay off, but it's a slower growth rate because you're spreading yourself out. Do you want to grow slowly? Because by the time you have 100 tracks over the course of, let's just say a year, 12 months, you did 100 tracks this year, good for you, right? I did 12. 12 tracks that I know are going to earn for me just a few months from now. They're going to start getting pitches. So in your case, you have to put in a bunch of effort and say, ah, man, you know, I'm working so hard. I'm slaving away. Nobody cares if you're slaving away. So why slave away? The only thing that people care about is the output. They don't care about what effort you put into it. They don't care about the input. They only care about the output, which is exactly how I trained my brain for quality over quantity. I saw it work for me and I was convinced and I'm still convinced and I believe it can work for anyone, but you have to want it. You have to see it and you have to want it. And that's really, really hard to teach someone to do when they haven't seen those fruits. Seeing is believing, right? Until they see that big win, they're likely not going to actually make a change. They're not going to want to simplify or do less or do anything that scares them, right? They just want to get a jump start and just fill their catalog with a bunch of tracks and get a bunch of opportunities. I'm telling you, best case here, okay? A library somehow wants all those tracks that you pumped out and you get a decent number of syncs. But what's the average dollar amount? That's what I want to know. That's what I care about. What is the dollar amount of all those little tiny syncs? I don't care if you got 80 syncs. What's the price? 
That's what a high-level sync producer cares about. That is the sync beast mindset. It didn't matter how many tracks I wrote. It came down to how useful they were, how many revisions I put into them, how much attention, how much time, how much detail. And then as the years went on, I didn't have to do so much nitty-gritty work. I didn't have to put in so many revisions. I could walk away with one or two because I had the right moves codified and sequenced out for me. It was all intuitive at that point. The right moves just became muscle memory. So it just goes to show that by spending more time on a thing, one thing, you'll offer yourself more space to get feedback, more revisions, more time to think about your track in different ways, more time to rearrange things in a better way and just ultimately increase its quality, quality over quantity. And it's all because you you took that time to nurture and care. You gave a shit about one track the entire way through. Whereas on the flip side, when you spend all your time making stuff and outputting without regard for those details and those nuances and the twists and turns and all of the things you need to in- inject and convince a creative and convert them to say, this track is perfect for my project, that's a different game altogether. They're two completely different games. One is the high dollar new sync game. The other is the race to the bottom old sync game. Which game are you going to play? That's the question that you need to answer. And that's it, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. We're really trying to grow this podcast to reach more serious producers like yourself. So if you got something out of this, please consider leaving a five-star review. It's the fastest, easiest way to get this material that no one else is talking about in front of more producers. It'll help them think better, produce better, collaborate better, and build their catalog just like you. I'm posting a ton more about how to think at the highest level of sync. It's the game I play every single day, and I want to see you win. So stay hungry, and I will talk to you soon. 